Very good. Good morning. It's been kind of a hectic uh, morning and a hectic weekend. So before I get started, uh, we'll just go, uh, go ahead and open up with a word of prayer and focus our minds and our hearts on, on why we're all here for, for our Father, God. So if you'll bow with me. Father God, uh, we just come before you uh, with thankful hearts again. Father, we love you. Uh, we love your son. Father, I just uh, pray that you be with all the uh, prayer requests uh, this morning. Uh, we have a number of them. Father, I just ask uh, that, you, that you work through them and in them. And Father, I just pray that you be with us uh, this morning, this service. I just ask that you speak through me, that you give me uh, the words to speak that you want, and you open uh, the minds and the hearts and uh, the ears of your children here. And Father, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Very good, very good. So a number of weeks ago, uh, we started a sermon series entitled All About God. And we've just been covering some of the basics of who God is. And that's important because in John 17, 3, it states that this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so we're going we're gonna to do a series later on about Jesus and, and because it's important that we have a basic understanding about who Jesus is. But right now, we're talking about God. We're having this series all about God because the basic understanding that we have of God, eternal life is on the line. For Jesus said in this high priestly prayer that it's eternal life that they know you, the only true God. So it's important that we have this basic understanding of who God is. And so three weeks ago when we started this series, we talked about uh, the simple um, but important truth that God is one. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, the Shema, the most important passage for, for the Jews, clearly states this, that hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's no being with equal power. There's no being with equal authority for God is truly one. Nobody's equal, not even Jesus himself. For Jesus said, that the Father is greater than I. Jesus has also said that I can do nothing without God. Jesus called God my God. Jesus had a God just like us, the same heavenly Father, Yahweh. Jesus stated that the Father is the only God. And at the conclusion of Jesus' ministry, Paul writing about Jesus, he said that Jesus did not even consider to be equal with God. And so Jesus himself didn't consider to be equal with God, for God is truly one of a kind. God is one. There's nobody equal with him. And so when we say God is one, let's not change the meaning of what one means when talking about God. Two weeks ago, we talked about the attributes of God. Um, and rather than uh, taking someone else's word for what God is like, we looked at the words of God himself. For in Exodus chapter 34, God describes himself to Moses. God has a conversation with Moses, and God tells Moses what he is like. And, and, and God tells Moses that he is compassionate, and he is gracious, and he is slow to anger, and he's abounding in love and abounding in truth. He maintains love. He forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Those are the, the attributes of God, God by God. You guys are doing good work over at the Bible college. Dr. Joe made me memorize that. And I still have it to this day. So you're doing good work over there, Seth. Keep it up. So those are the attributes of God. That's God by God. God describing himself. And so we have a compassionate and gracious and merciful and loving Father. He, he forgives us when, when we do wrong. But if we don't seek that forgiveness, he's not going to leave us unpunished. 
And, and we kind of compared that to God like being a good parent, a good father. And last week, we, we took a look at the truth that God is personal. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, when, when he was praying, he, he gave them an example on how to pray. And he said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven. Jesus taught us to pray to God as, as our Father. Jesus, or God truly is our Father, and Jesus taught us to view God as our Heavenly Father. And not only that, but 6,828 times, God revealed his personal name to us in the Old Testament scriptures. And we went over that last week, and his personal name is YHWH, Yahweh. No, God isn't his name. That may be a misconception. God is just a title. Just like Christ is a title, or president, or pastor, or whatever. There's different titles, and God is his title, but Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, is his personal name. And he revealed that personal name to us. And when we, when we encounter the president, I'm not going to go up to the president and say, Yo, what's up, Donnie? No, I, I'm, not, I'm not on a first name basis with, with the president. If I were to go up to the president, I would say, Hello, Mr. President. It, it is good to meet you. It's my honor because I don't have that relationship with the president. But God gave us his personal name, Yahweh. And that is so awesome that God has revealed to us his personal name. And so we took a look that God is one. We took a look at his attributes. We saw that God is personal. He cares about each and every one of us. And today we're going to kind of conclude our series. And today we're going to talk about how God is the creator, he is the creator. And, I, and I've been looking forward uh, to talk about uh, this for a number of weeks as God being the creator. Now, there are two possibilities as to how we all got here, how, how the world wa was created. Either one, we were created by an intelligent being. Or number two, uh, this all happened by chance. In other words, you are an accident. Um, and so the smart people like you are, I know, and, and trying to find answers to these important questions you're going to look none other place than the scriptures. So we're going to look at the scriptures this morning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis 1, 1, we'll see how we were created, how the heavens and the earth were created, how the world was created. And in Genesis 1, 1, I'm sure many of you guys can quote this off the top of your head, but Genesis 1, 1 clearly states that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Here the scriptures clearly answer where we came from, where this world came from. The very beginning, the, the way God saw fit to, to introduce his scriptures to the people was he thought it appropriate to start off the, the, the scriptures by stating, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I'm guessing most of you here don't really need much convincing uh, that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, and that we didn't just uh, come up out of nowhere uh, by chance. So we won't be focusing too much on trying how to prove uh, that we are God's creation. I, I think pretty much most of us have that basic understanding that God is the creator. And if you have some questions, I'd love to talk to you about it, as why there's, there's scientific proof to prove that God is the creator. So we won't really spend too much time talking about that this morning, but rather... We're going to be talking about the magnificence of God's creation. For God is awesome. And he didn't just create the heavens and the earth. He created an awesome, awesome world. Six times in the story of Genesis 1, God said he was creating uh, the, the heavens and the earth. And uh, he said that his creation was good. And, and after he finished it all, he said that it was very good. And so we're going to spend some time this morning looking at how awesome and wonderful 
God's creation is. And so it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth is part of the Milky Way galaxy. A galaxy is basically a group of stars. And in the Milky Way alone, the galaxy that we are found in, astronomers guess that there are between 10 or 100 billion and 400 billion stars. You got that? And the one galaxy we, we, we are in, the, the Milky Way galaxy, astronomers guess there's, there's way too many to count, so it's an estimation, but they estimate that there are between 100 billion and 400 billion stars in our one galaxy. Now, again, billion is, I, I, can't, I can't hardly understand a million, Not, nevertheless, a billion. And to kind of give you guys an idea, $100 billion stacked up on, on top of each other, $100 billion bills, that would reach 6,786 miles high. 100, the, the, the paper-thin dollar bill. You stack 100 billion of them up on top of each other, and that would reach 6,786 miles high. 100 billion is a monster number that really we, we aren't capable of understanding or comprehending. But there are between 100 billion and 400 billion stars in our galaxy. The 6,786 miles, that's 28 times higher than the orbiting International Space Station. So that's a big number. 100 billion, between 100 billion and 400 billion stars in our galaxy, that's a number that we can't really comprehend. And again, we're just talking about one galaxy here. This next thing will blow your mind. Astronomers believe there's between 100 billion to 200 billion galaxies. And again, a galaxy is a group of stars and a typical galaxy between 100 billion to 400 billion stars. So there are 100 to 200 billion groups of stars that contain 100 to 400 billion stars. That's a lot of stars. I mean, we, we kind of think we're the, we're the center of the universe. For many years, philosophers thought, yeah, this, this earth, we, we are the center of it all. No way. No, no way. There, there are so many stars, so many galaxies in the world. God created such a big and mighty world. And we're just, really, to be honest, we're just a very, very, very small part of that vast creation that he created. And so that's just a glimpse of how wonderful, how, how marvelous, how grand God's creation is. This morning, we're going to spend most of our time talking about four stars, just four stars this morning and talking about how awesome God's creation is. And, and I remember hearing, I heard these statistics a number of years ago when I was in high school, and I remember to this day hearing those statistics. I remember exactly where I was when, when I heard the, these stats shared with me because they truly blew my mind. For those of you who don't know me, I don't, I don't really have the best memory. I'm, I'm, I'm a quite forgetful person. I can hardly remember what I did yesterday. Uh, studies show that there's a 50% chance that I'll forget my belt if my wife isn't here with me at church. I, I'm, not, I'm not one who remembers a lot, but I remember exactly where I was when I heard these stats. And so I think they are going to blow your mind, and I hope that they can permanently be imprinted in your mind and truly have a different perspective, a different aspect of how great and how wonderful and how grand our God truly is. And when, when, I, when I share a statistic with you or some of this research with you, and you want to say, wow, 
say wow. I would love it. God is awesome. He, he is a God that wows us. He, he, he deserves our applause. He deserves to be praised. So when I share some of these statistics, and your mind is blown because they, it will be blown, I hope. And uh, feel free. I encourage you to verbalize, uh, audibly say wow, or thank you God, or praise God, or you are awesome. Because this stuff that we're going to be talking about is awesome. So without further ado, the first star that we're going to be talking about this morning is the sun. Now, the sun is the only uh, star in our little solar system. And do you know, does anybody know how many Earths you can fit into the sun? Anybody know? You could fit about one million Earths in the sun. Yeah, that, yeah, there we go. I love it. Yes, one million Earths you could fit in the sun. And that's incredible. That's incredible to think that God created the star, the sun, that you could fit one million of this planet Earth that we're on right now, we could fit one million of them in the sun. That is awesome. And that's awesome to think because a psalmist in Psalm 33, verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. These stars in the sky, God put them into place with his breath. He breathed these stars into existence. He breathed the sun into existence. The sun so big that he could fit 100 million of this planet's earth into one sun. And to think that God just breathed that sun into existence. God is big. God is great. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, if the earth were the size of a golf ball, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. No, no wows. All right, I, I knew, I knew, I knew I would need this. Here, I have a golf ball. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. Can I have three volunteers? Three kind of sh shorter people. Okay, I'm going to need someone to lay down. So, yes, I'm sorry, Katie. Yes, three, three people to come lay down for me. All right, three of you ladies here. I don't care which of you three. Three ladies, come, come up here. Yeah, thank you. Oh, there we go, yes. Okay, yes, thank you. You guys can come step up here. You guys are going to represent, you guys are just a, a shy a hair over five foot, right? Like you're like, what, maybe five, six, five, five? Okay, yeah, sure, yeah. So close, this is pretty much... 15 feet. So I want, I want you guys all to lay down in a line. Lay down in a line, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're going to want more room. 15 feet. And kind of, yes, have your head kind of by her feet. I know, it's kind of gross, but she showered last month. Don't worry. So very good. This is about the diameter of the sun if the earth were the size of a golf ball. Here is planet earth, about as big as Kayla's ear. And imagine, this is, this is just the diameter, all right? Now I need you ladies to stand on each other's shoulders, 15 feet high. All right, no, I, I'm kidding. But this is just the diameter. Here's, here's the earth. That's the diameter of the sun, and, and there's three axes and, and a sphere, so picture them laying that way, up, and that way. The, yeah, there we go. 
Thank you, ladies. You may take a seat. Yeah, that, the sun is huge compared to our planet Earth. I'm, later this uh, afternoon, I'm driving uh, to Tennessee for Southeast Camp, seven-hour drive, and that seems like a long drive. That seems like a pretty big distance, but that's, even, that's, not even, that's barely a chunk of, of our own continent. Nevertheless, there's seven continents in our planet, and somewhere on here, you, you are here. Can you, can you guys see yourself? Can you see Clark County, Ohio? Some, somewhere in there. So yes, there, yes, wow, I love it, I love it. So throughout this morning, this is going to represent planet Earth, all right? So the next star that we're going to talk about is called Beetle, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice is twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun, <laughs> yes, there we go. Beetlejuice is twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun. Now, many of you guys probably have no idea how far the Earth orbits around the sun, as I didn't either. Um, but the Earth orbits around the sun at about 90, 90 million miles. I mean, the sun, seemed, the sun, we talked about just how big it is, but we're far enough away from it where it's about yay big in the sky. Um, but Beetlejuice is twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun. Now, you could fit about 262 trillion Earths in Beetlejuice. <laughs> 262 trillion Earths in Beetlejuice. If the Earth were the size of a golf ball, it would be, Beetlejuice would be the height of the Empire State Building, stacked six times high. Wow, yes, a, cu a couple wows, but not enough. So what I need from you guys here is next week or next family vacation, go, go tour the city of New York, set a golf ball down at, at the base of the Empire State Building, cross the street, and look up at how high the Empire State Building is, and just imagine five more stacked on top of it, and there's planet Earth. That's how big the planet, or the star Betelgeuse is. God, and to think that God just breathed this star into existence. By the breath of God, the starry host was formed, was created. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, that would be enough golf balls to fill the Superdome, where the New Orleans Saints play football, a professional stadium. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, then you could fill the whole stadium of the Superdome with golf balls. 3,000 times. <laughs> yes, there, there we go. Now, now we're kind of painting a picture of how grand and how big God's creation is. And again, we're, this is just the second star we're talking about. You could fill a Superdome 3,000 times with golf ball if, if the earth were the size of a golf ball. And again, to think that God created the heavens and the, and the earth in the beginning and that God just breathed these stars into existence. It's phenomenal. We worship truly an awesome and mighty and powerful God. The third star that we're going to talk about this morning is called Musifi. And Musifi is one of the biggest stars that astronomers have discovered to this day. So it's a big star. It's a big deal. I'll jump right to it. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, then Musifi would be the width of two Golden Gate Bridges. 
Okay, nobody impressed there. Apparently, you guys are going to need to take a family vacation to New York, and you're going to need to fly from New York to California and visit the Golden Gate Bridge. And what I want you to do is when you visit the Golden Gate Bridge, I need you to set the, this, your golf ball. You're going to bring golf ball with you. And you're going to set the golf ball down at the beginning of the Golden Gate Bridge, and you're going to either walk or drive or whatever. And you're going to go all the way at the end. You're going to get a, a powerful telescope, and you're going to try to find, if you can, the, the golf ball somewhere over there. Good luck. That's how big this planet Musifi is. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, it'd be the width of two Golden Gate bridges. And think that God just breathed this star into existence in the beginning. You could fit 2.7 quadrillion earths into this one star, Musifi. Now we talked about 100 billion dollar bills stacked up tall, but a quadrillion dollar bill stacked on top of each other would measure 67 million miles. Yes, that's, and that's how big of a number quadrillion is. And you could fit 2.7 quadrillion Earths into this one star, Musifi. It's kind of crazy. When, when we're a kid, uh, we, we might, Jen, you're into songs. You probably taught your girls, twinkle, twinkle, little star. No, it's like twinkle, twinkle, monster star. These stars are huge, huge. You could fit 2.7 quadrillion Earths into this one star. That is crazy. God is awesome. God is good. In the beginning, God just breathed these stars into existence. This stuff blows my mind. Anybody into science here, into stars? This is totally for you, then yes. This is this is inc- I, I, can, I can hardly even fathom, I can f- hardly even comprehend that there's stars this big, 2.7 quadrillion Earths into this one star, Musifi. That's incredible. And to think that in the beginning, God just breathed this star into existence. God, God is bigger. God, God is more powerful than we could ever even begin to imagine. The fourth star that we're going to be talking about uh, this morning uh, is the largest star that astronomers uh, have discovered to this day. Um, It's called Canis Majoris. Now, if the Earth were the size of a golf ball, then Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest. Yeah, okay, speechless. Yeah, not, not very many... You guys are killing me. You're going to have to go from New York to California all the way over to Nepal and visit Mount Everest, nearly six miles in the sky. And you're going to set the golf ball down there, and you're going to see how small that golf ball is in comparison to Mount Everest, the highest point on earth, nearly six miles high. That's how big, big the star uh, Canis Majoris is. I, I nearly forgot. I've been talking about a lot of stars. I've been looking into a lot of stars this weekend. But that's how big Canis Majoris is. <laughs> if it were the size of a golf ball, it would be as high as Mount Everest. You could fit seven quadrillion Earths into the one star of Canis Majoris. Seven quadrillion. If the Earth were the size of a golf ball, you could cover the entire state of Texas with golf balls. 22 inches deep. That is how big, that is how big this star Canis Majoris is. That is how grand and how, and how mighty and powerful our God is. That in the beginning, 
he, he took this star, which again, we're only talking about four stars, and, and there's between 100 billion and 400 billion stars in a galaxy, and there are, uh, astronomers believe, between 100 billion and 200 billion galaxies in the world. That's a ton of stars. We, we can't begin to comprehend that. But just four stars here, Canis Majoris, just one star, to think that it'd be feasible for God to breathe this star into existence in the beginning. We're talking about a big and mighty God, a God that we can't even begin to comprehend or understand the power and the might that he has, that he could just be able to breathe these stars into existence. We're talking about a mighty God. Can I get an amen? We're talking about a mighty God. We are worshiping a mighty God here this morning. When we read in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, it's so easy to just skip over that and say, yeah, God created the heavens and the earth. But God created such a big and mighty and grand creation. We're just such a small part of God's creation. Just such a small part. Just, just, just a tiny dot here on planet earth. And think of all the expanseness of God's creation, of all the stars, all the planets that he has created. God is truly mighty. And again, to think that God breathed these stars into existence. Our God is so big and mighty. And it shouldn't be hard for us to understand that there's nobody who has equal power or authority with God. There's nobody else in all of creation that can just breathe these stars into existence. We worship a wonderful and mighty God, a God who was one. There is none other than him. There's nobody equal with God. He is one of a kind. And to think that this big and mighty God that can just breathe these stars into existence, to think that he is compassionate, he is gracious, he is slow to anger, he's abounding in love and abounding in truth. He maintains love. He forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet does not leave the guilty and punished. He's a good God. He's not just this big and mighty God watching, watching us from heaven. He's a good God. He's a God that has grace on you. He's a God that has compassion on you. He's a God that loves you and shares his truth with you, and he forgives you if you seek that forgiveness. He's not just some big and mighty God. He's big and mighty, but he's a good God too. He's a good father as well. And I don't know about you guys, but when I hear these statistics of these massive stars and, and how grand and how big God's creation is, it gives me kind of a puny feeling. I, I feel really small. It's a very humbling experience to hear these statistics and how big God's creation is. But the thing that gets me the most is even though I'm so small in, in, in the view of this grand scheme of, of God's creation, God wants a personal relationship with each and every one of you. God is your heavenly father. He's your daddy. God wants that relationship with you. God revealed his personal name to you. God, the God who breathed these stars into existence, was a personal relationship with you. I don't know if you understand that, but this God who breathed these stars into existence wants a relationship with you. And the part that gets me the most is this God who's so big and mighty, he wants a relationship with you so bad, so bad he wants a relationship with you that he laid down his perfect son, Jesus Christ, on the cross for your sins so that he could have a personal relationship with you. 
He had his perfect son. He had the son that, that he wanted. He had a son that he wanted Adam to be. He had that perfect son in Jesus Christ. That perfect son who had a perfect relationship with him. That perfect son who was without blemish. That perfect son who had no sin in him. And to think, and to think in the prophet uh, Isaiah, to think that it was God's will to have him crushed. I can't begin to think about that. That it was God's will for Jesus Christ to be crushed. And we ask why? Because God wants a relationship with you. Because even though God is so big and mighty, he still cares about each and every one of us as individuals. He knows your every thought. He knows your name. He wants a relationship with you. And the thought that God laid, laying down his son for us is going to mean a whole lot more a whole lot much more to me in 20 weeks when, when I hold my precious baby in my hands for the first time and to think that God laid down his son for us, that's incredible. That's incredible that we're such a puny part of God's creation that God desires a relationship with you. That's, that's both a humbling experience and both an experience that gives us, that gives us value and worth. That this God who breathed these stars into existence wants a personal relationship with you. We come together as the family of God. We come together to give God the glory and the praise that he so much deserves. He deserves much more than we could ever begin to give him. We serve a good and mighty God. A God who is one of a kind. A God who is compassionate and gracious. And I hope, I hope you you can understand that. I hope that you can see that God is good, God is great, and that we serve a wonderful and mighty and loving and compassionate and gracious God. So let's proceed with our service in giving God the praise and the worship that he deserves. Let's pray. Father God, uh, thank you for being such a big and mighty God. A God who just breathes these massive stars into existence. And he just breathes the the multitude of the stars into existence. Father, we can't begin to comprehend your your power and and your authority and and your your creativeness. Father, we just thank you for the, the grand scheme of your creation. But Father, even more than that, we thank you that even though you built all these stars and these planets and everything, that you desire a personal relationship with us. And we thank you for that. We cannot thank you enough. We thank you that you loved us so much that you wanted to lay down your perfect son, Jesus Christ, for our sins, that we could desire a relationship with him. Father, we love you, and I just pray that with the rest of our days, we can give you the praise and the glory and honor that you so much deserve. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.